The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty. It is Tuesday morning, the 26th of April 2022 and we are here till 10am. The text number is 51551. You can email ryan at rte.ie at four minutes past nine. It's great to have your company. Often describe what class of day it is outside, but the truth of the matter is I don't know. I, don't, I've, I was there, I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you. All I know, it's cold. Definitely cold. So I'll wrap up well. Um, it, it'll get bright. The last couple of days, over the weekend at one stage I was reading my book, sitting down in the garden, drinking tea and eating chocolate and then eventually the sun on my face and the book started to make the eyes grow heavy and I dozed off like a very, very, very old man and I was in heaven. I was in heaven. That's what happened. When you, when you, when you hit about 45, now I'll be 49 next month, but when you hit 45, you tend to find these little naps very, very welcome. <laughs> you find yourself going, I'm just going to close my eyes for one, two, maybe two minutes. It's, it's, it becomes increasingly hard on a Saturday afternoon to make your way through much more than 20 minutes of a movie before the eyes just say, I'm just going to... And you think, what's happening? Don't mind the drool you wipe away after 10... I mean, not that that ever happens, but I'm just saying, you just go, what, what? And you realise, oh, oh, it's age. I didn't know that. That's what happened. They didn't tell me that in the manual. Hang on, let me look it up. Falling asleep 10 minutes into watching film. Or how about this part? Section B, part four. Halfway through a movie, wake up, realise you can't remember what just happened, but you plough on anyway, not realising who half the characters are. That That's in there. They didn't put that in the manual. Being exhausted. What, what's this? Oh yeah, there's, there's so many things they don't tell you. Oh yeah, this one. Need to have glasses in every room in the house because <laughs> you're completely goosed. Oh, well, that's okay. How about this one? Can't read ingredients on can or tin of thing. Bring to window in kitchen for better light. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay. And then with technology, you, say, you now have to read more rules going, oh, you can't enlarge something on a hard copy. That's just for computer screens. Gotcha. Okay. Learning, learning. Oh, sorry, I forgot this one too. Bird feeders will become an instrumental part of your life. I didn't realise that. Yeah, that's, that's quite a nice one, actually, that rule, that, that, that one. Um, I'm just making this stuff up, but I'm not looking at anything. Uh, nature becomes your friend. I didn't realise how, how beautiful nature becomes as you get older. That's quite nice. You appreciate it a lot more. Anyway, I hadn't intended to say any of that, but it just comes out sometimes. And here we are. Employed. We spoke to Margaret Cox yesterday about the three-day weekend. Employees want greater work-life balance. That's according to a survey reported by Brian O'Donovan on the RTE business uh, section of the RTE.ie world. A new survey found that over 90% of people say they would like to work for an employer who supports and encourages a greater work-life balance. Nearly half of them said that they'd like be unlikely to take a job at the company if they did not have flexible or hybrid working policy in place. So does that mean that it's the employee's world in some ways when they're looking for a job now they can say... Yes, you want me to you want me to work for you and I want to work for you, but tell me, will you make my life pleasant and easy? No, it's work. <laughs> what did you expect? You want cushions? 
You want, you want trays of grapes handed to you? No, bring your own if you want them. Um, 50% said they would forfeit flexible working in favour of a higher salary. See, show me the money. That's what, that's what they want. But you see, what's happening now is that this is quite an interesting one, I, I find, looking around the place, is where have they all gone? Like, where have all the people... This place, for example, where I work, used to be a hotbed of activity and people everywhere. And now it's it's kind of Marie Celeste. It's still, even though the pandemic is, goes over. Now, maybe that's because the policy here is a little different. You have to wear masks in the audience. And, you know, it's 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 it seems to be different. I said in the uh, the Aviva, not the Aviva, the other one. Yeah, the three three uh, arena having a, gr- a great time at Alan Partridge on Saturday night with 8,000 people, not a mask between them. But it's just different places, different policies. I mean, it's not a criticism, it's just an observation. But where are they all gone? So all the people are working, I presume they're working from home, that's that's the point of it. But do people want to be back? Or, here's another one, are they ever coming back? Or have they moved on? I, I, don't, know where, I don't know where everyone is. And in, in, um, in the UK, the Prime Minister is backing, so, so this character Jacob Rees-Mogg. The best description I've read of, about Jason, Jacob Rees-Mogg, he's very otherworldly, okay, so I get that. A bit of that myself sometimes, I understand. But it, I, I just loved the description of him. He's described as the honourable member for the 18th century. <laughs> I thought that was great. And he has written to cabinet ministers urging them to coerce staff. Get, get back into the workplace, we need to see you. We, to seeing is believing. Uh, and he says, we, we want you to get back. But he's gone a little step, possibly too far. And he's leaving little notes on empty desks around the place. He is. He's doing flash mob, one man flash mob appearances at desks, leaving a note saying, I look forward to seeing you in the office very soon. You know, sorry I missed you sort of thing. And he, the, the Labour MPs are saying, hang on, this is patronising. It's, it's actually passive aggressive. Can't be doing that. But he's saying, no, I want to see humans back in the office. So I think the world is slightly divided between those who want to see human beings and interact with them and mingle with them and be creative with them and say hello and shake hands with them. And the other are saying, no, the new world order is now, I'll see you when I see you. I may or may not be in, but I'm working my backside off at home. And you just have to take me on trust on that, which we do, of course. Um, and Nadine Doris is the culture secretary and she has, she's, she's that side of the argument. She doesn't believe in the Reese mogg argument. And she said that, Reese mogg he said, this reminds me of burning tallow and roomy eyes and Marley's ghost. Um, she said that there's a whiff of something Dickensian about the Reese mogg uh, suggestions. Why, she asks, why are we measuring bodies behind desks? Why aren't we measuring productivity? So that's her take on it all. I'd probably be, if I'm going to call it, rather than dancing around and sitting on the fence, I'd be probably more Reese Moggian in that I prefer the human element. I prefer to see people about the place. But then I'm not in charge. So people in charge will say, well, actually, we're getting more out of people because they're at home and they're more comfortable and they're better lives. And I totally accept that too. But I miss seeing more people around the place, to be honest with you. That's the truth of it. Um, that, you're busy on the text already. We're only on the 51551. Uh, Pauline is on Ask Garvin Ryan you've discovered the wonder the wonder of dozing it's the Irish form of Eastern meditation great I'm going to call it that are you asleep again no I'm I'm, I'm having I'm Eastern meditating Irish style 
Good night. I'm 49 this November, says Shane in Kilkenny, and I'm laughing louder with each life event you've described. I could be here, Shane, for a good 45 minutes going through the life events that have changed, you know, uh, as I as I cycle around. I go, I go for cycles too. That's something I never, never did before. In a helmet, because I'm afraid I get cancelled or killed. So I do all that. And um, yeah, podcast habits are also another. Another item for the over 49s, magnifiers on iPhone to read ingredients on cans. I didn't know they had a magnifying glass in the iPhone. I am really happy to hear that. <laughs> it's from an over 49. I didn't know that. But I remember talking to Palomine recently on the TV show and he said, we were looking at, he was, I was looking at my phone. He said, oh, you haven't gone there yet. I said, gone where? He said, the big writing. I said, no, do they have that? Yeah. So your, your text can be in big writing because it's to save you having to wear the glasses. But there you are. Listening uh, to you on our way to Delphi and Connemara, you lucky thing. Uh, seeing signs for Clifton, which I know is a place dear to your heart. It really is. I'm, I'm desperate to get there again. Talking late 40s and 50s, please wish Tom a very happy birthday from Linda. Linda and Tom. Happy birthday, Tom. To Delphi and Connemara, you lucky things. I, I, I haven't been there for, to Connemara for a long time now and I miss it like mad. I feel, I feel the calling. So I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Listen to you regarding getting older. In life in late 40s when dozing watching TV and films, I too wake up and keep on going without realising who half the characters are. Pretty much sums up real life too. Oh yeah, from your fellow late 40s is our, our old pal Paul. Good morning, Paul. Thank you for that. We're going there together, pal. I work for a global tech firm based in Dublin, says Rob in Dublin, where we offered a, we are offered a wellness day on one Friday per month. Unlike other companies, my place of work actually embraces these and it really works out. Fridays are generally a slow day anyway, where one only essentially essential pieces of work are prioritised. It makes perfect sense to give employees back a day if they can manage to fit all their tasks into a four-day week. That's, yeah, that's what Margaret was saying yesterday. Looks like tech industry, at the very least, is veering towards this work model. Could be the future. I'm the same age as you, Ryan, yes, and have the same need to fall asleep, except I have four young kids that need to be brought to matches, races, parties, and seem to find myself on various committees without knowing how I got on them. I can't surrender to the sleep craving. I'm daydreaming of it someday. When they get older, it gets a whole lot easier, I can tell you. And those little naps are a joy. And you just, you just, I, I think that the power, the power nap... I can I can take ten minutes. I could get fifteen minutes, and I swear to God, I can I can have another day out of it. it, it it's a strange thing, but you do need them. I'm howling here at your age manual, <laughs> which is a fictitious piece of work, by the way. Um, I agree with the upside of bird watching the obsession. Now that I'm forty, I spend several minutes of my day looking out of my kitchen window at the birds and then discussing them with anyone who might be listening. You'll find that number dwindles, by the way. The people who listen to you will dwindle as well, and uh, the number of people <laughs> that you count. <laughs> Uh, as as close to you might might drift uh, with time. Did you know uh, Reese Mogg has six kids, and number six is called Sixtus? Enough said. Yeah, I, that you're. I, I see where you're going. The daydreamer who texted in might like to know that researchers have been saying recently that that, that people who daydream, uh, whose mind wanders, it actually now impedes how much children can retain the information at school. So that I'm talking about the kid who looked out the window while everyone else's eyes are fixed on the teacher. There was a time when they thought that that was okay and was helpful to creativity, whatever. But now they've done even more studies and they reckon that students whose minds wander in class do not retain as much information as their more focused peers. Let me tell you, if you're one of those kids or one of those adults who who continues to struggle with being an adult, like myself, uh, you will find that 
um, as I was reading that article, my mind drifted because I got kind of a little bit bored by it. And I thought, <laughs> that's nothing's changed. Still looking out the window. Not quite sure about that. Doom scrolling. I haven't heard that about that for a while. The Irish Examiner reporting today, Geraldine Walsh saying that doom scrolling is when you, you know, when you're on the phone going, what's happening, what's happening? It's awful, 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 Doom scrolling, it has become rampant in the past few years as we find ourselves consumed by panic, chaos, confusion and worry. And Ireland has ranked sixth in Europe, it's quite high, for scrolling the most on phones. Scrolling. Gosh, I was in one shop not too long ago, big, big enough retail outfit. And the three people behind the counter, God help them. They looked like they were about to be sold into slavery or they looked like their families were being held ransom somewhere. They they just, I, I, they just didn't want to be there. I felt so sorry for them. They just, Monday morning, still a bit of fake tan on the fingers on the, as, they, as they scrolled on the phone and just, you know, no, nothing, no life. Just, <laughs> I was going, oh no. Can it be that bad? Actually nearly put me in good form walking away thinking, well, nothing is as bad as that. I mean, God helped them, the three of them, one after the other. I wouldn't mind if one of them perked up and said, is everything, did you, I, you know, but no, just, oh God, look at them. I don't mind, I, I don't know, because one out of, th- three out of three was bad. They weren't bad people, they weren't unpleasant people, and they certainly weren't unkind people, but you could tell that they weren't happy in their job. That's all it was. You could tell. And who do you blame? Them or their higher-ups? I'm not sure. I think probably the higher-ups need to instill a bit more love in the room there. Um, anyway, we're doom-scrolling. We spend about two and a half hours a day scrolling on our phones. It's pretty grim, isn't it? Certainly don't think I'd do that. Play a bit of Wordscape probably a bit too much, but most of my phone now is podcasting. And uh, when I'm doing stuff, I do love to listen a lot. Um, I haven't been on the train. I've uh, been in the dart, all right. That doesn't count. I haven't been on a, a train around the country. Um, for a long time because of everything. But it seems, uh, according to GalwayBio.ie, that it seems that the, you know, the little the little uh, catering thing that comes, a trolley that comes up and down and you get your coffee and your chocolate or whatever, they still haven't brought that back. So they, they're, they're a bit slow off the mark there. Irish Rail tweeted to say, we're continuing to engage with our catering provider who are facing challenges in resuming the service. And we have to, we hope to have a further update for customers soon. It's one of the nicest things in the whole world about a train journey is that cup of coffee and the bar of chocolate. It really is. But now they're saying that the onboard catering hasn't returned. It stopped uh, because of COVID in 2020. It still isn't happening. So with any luck, it'll come back soon because that is nice. Otherwise... Bring your own. Little flask, nothing wrong with that. Dude, I did it a lot over COVID. I got a beautiful little uh, bottle-y flask thing and you can make your own cup of whatever you're having yourself. Uh, so that, that'll get you through it. Uh, you have the manual, Bob says. They didn't tell you about all those things. He should have brought the automatic. Yes! Never too far from his phone is Bob. And the gag. Circle of Friends is getting great publicity around the place. Um, this is the theatrical... Uh, Iteration of Maeve Binchy's book. Um, it's in the Gaiety Theatre in Dublin. The reviews are in, and Connor Kaplis writing in the Irish Times makes the. It gets a four star review. It's a it's a glowing review actually, and 
I remember seeing Ashling Kearns. If I'm not mistaken, she was in um, Asking For It in the Gaiety the last time I was there, and she is a knockout uh, actor. Um, and there's lots of other great actors in it, obviously, as well. But what I hadn't realised is, it says here, a recent claim that Maeve Binchy's classic novel is the normal people of its day. That didn't dawn on me. Is a nice idea, but overlooks the depth and brilliance of Binchy's work. While both books feature good-looking college students on meandering paths to find themselves, this new stage adaptation of the 1990 bestseller reminds us why the late storyteller was so revered. And the piece, uh, the review goes on and ends by saying, Sally Rooney may have encapsulated the college affair and that particular Trinity experience for many contemporary students and normal people, but this universal, hilarious and heartbreaking adaptation demonstrate that Binchy's timeless novel can bring so much more. And that is... Uh, a take on Circle of Friends at the Gaiety, running until May the 14th. And a new, a number of people I know went to the Abbey Theatre last night and had great things to say about uh, the production I currently on there. So I, maybe it's time to give the theatre an, another visit. It's been, it's been some time, so I think it, uh, I'd like to get there. So I'll do it in, in due course. Um, a text says, uh, Jacob Wiesmeister is a man of honour and integrity, in my opinion. It says, Joan, it seems to me he can be trusted. A good quality in a world of political spin. A fan. Guests at formal White House events, uh, according to this piece, might, be, might, expect it to be, might expect to be wined and dined with the finest dinnerware and crystal glasses. But a failure to replenish glassware since the Nixon era means that they're more likely to be sipping wine from rented glassware. The issue, the issue has become a source of severe embarrassment among some staff. It's like, says one of them, it's like going to the Met Gala in a rented gown. That's what it's like. Here you are at the White House, but you're drinking from glasses you could get from the local caterer. The job of, this is, the job of maintaining the presidential crystalware belongs to the First Lady. She's in charge of the glasses in the White House. And she typically commissions a set that reflects the aesthetics of the administration. So um, FDR's uh, presidency was dominated by the Second World War and his wife, Eleanor Roosevelt, opted for a set engraved with an American eagle. But the last purchase of Crystal to service a 400-guest state dinner was during the Nixon era. Melania Trump was aware of the torture but said, no, not get involved, even though it says that uh, getting a crystal set from uh, Mrs. Trump's native Slovenia had been considered because some of the best crystal in the world could be made in Slovenia and that is a nice connection to her history and her heritage. But no, it is unclear whether the current First Lady, Jill Biden, will commission a new set. Well, then they should get on to her because she, they're spoiled for choice here and, you know, their Irish connections and who knows. Get busy and on they go. 48, nearly 49-year-old here. Oh, you and me both. I'm roaring laughing here. Everything resonates with me. I picked up the kids from school yesterday and when we pulled up outside the house, the kids got out and I had a power nap in the car. Oh, yeah. Well, add to the list, by the way, Lyric FM. You hit a certain age, you go, oh. I'm honestly just here and go, oh, that takes me to a nice, a nice, easy place. OK, let's get down to business today because we're going to be talking to uh, Ernest Shackleton's granddaughter. And Ernest Shackleton's granddaughter, remember we talked about the Endurance, the, the ship that they found under the, under the sea, on the seabed not too long ago. She owns that legally. Uh, so we need to talk to her about that and um, lots more besides. Uh, but that's coming up at 9.23. Let's uh, start. Let's go back to the 80s. Crossing the 
That's OMD for old fellas like myself. Remember that first time round? Even though there wasn't a second time round, that was it. They had one go at it. And uh, although they're still uh, touring and doing their thing, no doubt about it. Loving the 80s music, uh, it says um, Anne. The best thing about being in your late 40s is that we lived through the great music of the 80s. Well, that is a very good point because I know that uh, Mitski, for example, uh, played at Vicker Street last night and she'd be for uh, the younger audience um, with great music taste. And I'm listening to a bit of her work. It's very 80s. So you can be kind of driving along with the important people in your life and they might play something good uh, from now and you'll say, do you know what that reminds me of? And you become the person who, you know, just knows everything about everything. I'm 49 in December, says Julie in Port Arlington. I also have bird feeders and get very excited about my feathery friends. Yesterday I went for a walk and saw a fish jump out of a lake and splash back in again. I got so happy I shouted out loud, again, again, like a five-year-old. Yes, <laughs> you become quite easily pleased as you get older and the little things become so much special as you get. I don't know why that is, but nature becomes more beautiful um, and your respect for it becomes more enhanced and your desire to be near it uh, becomes um, more urgent. Uh, maybe maybe uh, we, I could get more, uh, endeavour to get more profound and existential, but actually could, that also could get kind of depressing. So let's keep going. The Trinity Tilda study on ageing has shown that if you think old, you age faster. You start to walk more slowly, etc. I'm significantly older than you, Ryan, and I've never been more active or fitter. I'm blessed with good health. And anyone who's healthy should not think old. So don't be encouraging those thoughts, says Rona Kelly. OK, I'm not, I don't feel, I feel as fit as I've ever felt in my whole life. So I don't feel that way uh, about it. Actually, I'm kind of enjoying these older habits, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm embracing them. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm sitting there in in slippers every night, still going out and having the crack. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I think I'm thinking I'm getting the benefits of all of it, uh, which is great. Mary O'Leary says, talking about getting older, I just downloaded a magnifying glass app. Do it. It's magic. You see, if I do it, I feel like I'm conceding. I'm conceding to the um, onward march of time and the inevitable. Um, So I'm kind of holding out. As this is a theme... I get great joy if I can't find my glasses and can make my way through an article in the newspaper on my own, unaided. I think, yes, I'm fine. So everything's fine. Even though it was torture. And then I put the glasses on and go, oh, now I see what I've been missing. I have glasses, says Mary, beside my bed, a pair in the kitchen, a pair in my handbag, a pair in the car, and a pair beside the washing machine. All from glasses prescribed years ago. That's you and me both. And I'm retired, but I think it's a great, saving on the environment that some people can work from home. I live in West Wicklow and try commuting on the N81 at rush hour four five days per week or take two hours burning fuel and energy each way into Dublin city centre. Surely one of the best savings for environment in the pocket these days is working from home. Well, absolutely. And on the subject of uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, he has six children at home, as somebody mentioned that earlier. But this point is that uh, no wonder he wants to go into the office to work. <gasps> Eileen, that's a fair point. Okay, we will be talking to Miss Alexandra Shackleton after this. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. 
And our old pal uh, Rory Golden, who knows a thing or two about uh, deep diving for uh, records, Rex, I should say, was at the premiere last night. He says, incredibly thoughtful, well-researched and scripted documentary not to be missed. So uh, be sure to watch that. Regarding flasks on a train, my mum was originally from West Cork, says the text. And so we were often training it to the capital. And there were our flasks and there was Granny's special flask. On one occasion, we had a sneaky sip. It was horrible. It wasn't until we were about 14 or 15 we realised it was tea with whiskey in it. <laughs> Is that real Irish? Is that an Irish? Don't touch that. Why not? That's Granny's special flask. Granny's going to get locked so that we can just keep an eye on her by the time we get to Dublin. And <laughs> she'll be more manageable and managed uh, by the time she gets there. So don't touch the special. The director of Circle of Friends is Croatian-born Vico Nicci, whose father-in-law, Peter Sheridan, how about that, currently around the corner of Beauty's Cafe Theatre, with his play, uh, The Philo, or The Philo. So a real family theatre link going on there. Thank you, Kieran, in Athlone. I'm loving the growth, says the text, in your mindfulness and more restful habits. I enjoy the birds, too. Have you seen a pheasant? I have. He comes croaking early every morning. It's hilarious watching him run when he spots you. He's like... Roadrunner on short legs and those colours. It's amazing. Enjoy your space, Ryan. Thank you, I will. I do. The trolley service is back on some of the Belfast-Dublin trains. The ones operated by Translink have it back in operation. It's great to see. Um, and uh, people saying, don't forget Timmy Mac- Timothy McCarthy from Kinsale uh, on the endurance, of course, and the 800-mile trip to save the crew. Uh, thank you, Dermot Ryan from the Kinsale History Society. Great. Beautiful piece on Shackleton. Well done. Alexandra is so interesting. She is. And her... Voice reminded me of a, a kind of kind of an, a, an old episode of Desert Island Discs or something. A very it's a voice you don't hear very often. This particular English accent, but uh, but a, a lovely person to talk to. Interesting, no nonsense. There's your answer. That's the deal. And uh, I enjoyed meeting her very much, uh, Alexander Shackleton, this morning. Okay, at six minutes, I think we have time for uh, a tune, and I'm going to go Irish. Terrific sound of Soda Blonde and swimming through the night. Great Irish music this Tuesday morning. Happy birthday to me, says the text. 48 today. Congratulations. Heading to Bally Keneally ah, for a swim. Lovely. May need to get a birthday treat in Clifton afterwards. Do you know what? Uh, do. Uh, go to Walsh's uh, coffee shop and get the coffee buttercream cake is like I'm even thinking about it. I can't, I've never seen it outside there. It's made, I think, on site and you are in for happy birthday. You're welcome. My sister and I happened upon the Shackleton exhibition, says Orla, in the Royal Geographical Society in Kensington on a recent trip to London. It was fascinating. Uh, amazing photographs. You'd love it. Okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going, I'm going. Well, I think uh, a lot of you looking at the positive side of getting a little older and enjoying the, the, the realisation that it's happening. Um, Caroline says, trying to read... Which one is the shampoo? Which one is the conditioner in the shower? Why is the print so small, Ryan? Why? Why? It's not as if it would cost any more to print bigger. Alas, Caroline, that's the beauty of today's epiphany. The print was the same size when you could read it. That's not the problem here. <laughs> okay. 
Embrace it. Have a wonderful day. Stay tuned for Claire Burns. See you tomorrow. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.